0: Amen. All right, let me just share a couple cool, these are, these are really easy testimonies. I want to show you just about what we're teaching about the kingdom within and divine imagination. So this is, these are fun to me if you get these, and, and I want you to try these things. If you think I'm talking, what I'm sharing is crazy, try it. So it says, my name is Margaret. I live in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, a few of my friends and I have been enjoying your messages The last few Sundays for us, where you've been talking about our divine imagination and creating what we want to see in our lives, I've noticed that even little things that I've thought about have come about. See, I don't believe there's anything as I just think about it and nothing happens. I think you think about it and something definitely happens. For example, I thought to myself, I would love to get some more lint chocolate balls. Those are good. Anybody like those? Those are really good. (laughs) So this is like, uh, this is like Sarah and John's green Jolly Ranchers, I would like to get some more lint. I'd like to get some golden flame wings, actually, as I speak. <laughs> Praise God, they're going to show up in my life. So I would like to get some more lint chocolate balls. In the next couple of days, my daughter came home with a box of lint chocolate balls. They were given to her by her workplace as she was leaving that place of work. So, you can't make this stuff up. Like, who thinks of that stuff, right? I'm going to give, as they're leaving their place of work and going to a different place, we're going to give you some lint chocolate balls. She goes, I know that's not earth-shaking, but it has definitely got me thinking. Isn't that cool? And then here's a funny one too. My friend Ryan from Dallas, he was saying this. Barbara and I, when we were with him, we asked him if we knew this certain person that we knew in Dallas. And and he just thought about it. That's all it was. He's just like, huh, I thought about this person that we had asked him if he knew. And I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before, I don't remember. So he, he calls, he goes, dude, you're not gonna believe this. I go, what? He goes, you remember that guy you asked me if I knew? He goes, I thought about him briefly. And then my friend said, hey, I want you to come to this meeting and five minutes before the meeting, he goes, hey, we're going to meet this guy that I had talked about. And so, uh, out of the city of Dallas, I don't know how many millions of people are there, but this stuff is just crazy to me. It's so crazy good. And so, uh, so he was in the meeting, and he was like, Lord, what was that all about? And he goes, I just want you to show you that it's that simple. Isn't that amazing? Your thoughts are divine, guys. And we believe all this stuff, don't we? We, we see these scriptures, and this is where I'm really trying to challenge you, because... You're going to get pushback from really religious guys because it, it takes away all their stuff, right? That somehow you got to go seek that guy or do this or they've got the special anointing or any of that nonsense. Is every one of you are complete in Christ, nothing lacking. So I think everybody, everybody would, would know this scripture. As a man thinketh in his where heart, what happens? So is he? That's who you are. Does scripture say that or does scripture not say that? But do we really believe it? I don't think we really believe it if we get serious about ourselves. You mean, if I just think that's what my life's going to be? Do we believe that? I don't think most people do if they really, if they really get down to it. And then one John, it says this. That's Old Testament. And we see all those scriptures where we guard our hearts and minds with everything we got. It says all diligence in King James. So if you're going to be diligent about everything, be careful about what you think and feel, your heart and mind. Because out of it flow how much Zoe life you're going to experience. So if you're thinking on negative things or feeling negative things, what are you going to experience? As a man thinketh in his heart, that's what you're going to experience. But I don't think we really believe it. If we really, I'm trying to believe it. So in New Testament it says, as he is, even so or equally so, are we where? In this world right now. So as he is, the truth about you is as you are. As he is, even so are you. But that may, maybe, that may not be your experience because you're thinking about something else. Does that make sense? Is if you're thinking about something else, you're going to experience something else. But the truth is, as he is, even so are you in this world. Once we really get that, we're supposed to go like, oh, who is he? He's literally the anointed one. Would we see Jesus worried about whatever you're worried about? Or would we see Jesus just this bad to the bone, like, Hey, anything I want, that's how it is, that's how it's gonna be, isn't it? Don't we see Jesus that way, how we think of him? Like, that's how I was taught. Like, Because that's why I always ask in prayer, I go, if Jesus himself came to you right now and said, you're healed, you're prosperous, you received what you've asked for. Most people, when I ask them, they go, oh God, that would be awesome. You're one with him. You can look in the mirror and tell yourself that. And you should have the same reaction. Because I'm supposed to teach you to bring you to the fullness of the stature of the anointed one himself. Amen? So, when you realize the anointing, was, which, which was prophets, priests, and kings in the Old Testament, is not for anybody special. It's for the least, is what it says. It was poured out on all sarks, the worst part of flesh, the worst part of us. You look at the, you look at the Corinthian church. It says, you lacked in no gifts, but did they lack in bad behavior? No, they were actually, they, they prospered in bad behavior. They were full of bad behavior. They had temple prostitutes and the whole thing. And so, yet here's Paul going, you don't lack in any gifts. Like, he poured it out on you. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do. You have it. Amen? So, what we really need to get, though, is a prophet could speak. And New Testament's not fortune-telling, guys. It's the spirit of Jesus is what it says. The spirit of wholeness, the spirit of salvation. And so that's why, mm, I won't get into that. These prophets, mm. mm I want to take them behind the woodshed every now and then like just stop prospering negative guys you're a self-fulfilling prophecy amen is i read it says we're gonna get better and better to the fullness of him until we we..." you're there already but it's really working out the salvation that's within you so you're a prophet meaning you can speak you're a king i decree a thing that should be established i'm prosperous I'm, i'm wealthy as a king And I'm a priest. I'm face-to-face. In fact, I don't even like face-to-face, but he's trying to show you. Face-to-face, really, in the New Testament, we've seen para and and these different words, meaning he's as close as our next breath. He's within us. We're one. We can't get any... There's literally zero separation between God and I. That's how priestly I am. Because in the Old Testament, they could go face-to-face once a year, but he goes, no, you're one. Like, you're in this divine union. So, if what it really means is every one of you are a prophet, a priest, and a king because the anointing's in you. Amen? So how many would you believe if, if Jesus thought a thing, the Father would hear his thoughts and answer his prayer? Of course he would. Well, you're one with him. Isn't that interesting? So I'm just trying to lay some, some simple verses down for you guys because when I say that, like, like this is your divine imagination is literally God himself working in you. People... It can't be that easy. It has to be, kids have to be able to do it. Who's that? Oh yeah, man, I'm ready. Uh, Beth. (laughs) I want your story. Yeah, I've got, uh, hold on, I did this last time. This is operator error. i got to figure out my microphone. (laughs) I
1: can (laughs) just get real close
0: to you. No, we're COVID free.
1: Yes, we
0: are. Yeah. This is Mike One. It's AJ's. Mike One.
1: Mike Three. Oh, it says Mike One on the thing. Sorry. Okay. So I was in uh, Summit County last week. Uh, Actually, it was this weekend. It was. Did yeah, we were having a good time. But I had a trailer with bikes and paddle boards and motorcycles, and I think it's like a 16-foot trailer. So I get it hooked up to my truck, and we get where we were in Frisco, and we're coming back. And between Frisco and Silverthorne, one exit, we're going down that hill, and I look in my rearview mirror, and the trailer's doing this behind me. It's bouncing around, and I'm here feeling it jerking on the truck, and I'm like, ah, oh, great! And I'm you know I'm flying down 75 miles an hour, so I'm in the rearview mirror hitting the brake and trying to stop it, and I could feel the trailer come and it would hit my truck and slow down, hit my truck and I finally get over to the side of uh, I-70. and i look out really steep hill? yeah, yeah, really. And um, I get out and go back and, and sure enough, my the ball of my hitch, it had come off, it bounced off, and so I forgot, I had it locked in the open position, basically, instead of locking it in the closed position, so real smart, but anyway, it punched a couple holes in my trailer, and now I'm in a real dangerous situation, and I'm trying to figure out how do I, and I and I broke the jack, the thing that holds the trailer up, so it's as low as it can be, and my ball hitch is way up here, I gotta figure out how do I get this thing full of motorcycles up, and then back onto the hitch, so... I YouTube. Where's my um, my my jack? I find my jack in my truck and I raise it up, but it just raises up like three inches too low. So now, and, and by the way, cars and semis are flying by, flying by, and I you know, and I'm thinking if anybody hits me, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be a Chris sandwich. I'm gonna be squished right in between my truck and, and everything. And so I just stop for a moment and I go, okay, Mike taught last week. I can get myself out of any situation if I just imagine it. So what do I want? I want to be back on the road with my trailer, secure, driving home. In fact, I'm really ticked that I damaged my trailer. I want it fixed. Yeah. And I want it to look nice and I don't want it to cost too much and all that kind of stuff. So I just, I imagine that while I'm in between the trailer and my truck and people flying down at 70, 80 miles an hour. And so I just imagine that. And uh, I just kind of, and it's not an easy place to do that, but I go ahead and I'm going to put my mind towards that. So then I think, okay, what do I need to do? I need to raise this up. So anyway, I go up the hill and I find some rocks. I bring the rocks down, put them under the tires so it doesn't roll forward on me. But I put a rock under the jack and I, I'm able to get the trailer up a little bit more. And then, anyway, long story short, i I able to get rocks underneath it to where I can get the jack on a rock and get it tall enough and then get it back on the trailer, get home. On my way home, I'm thinking, the jack doesn't work. I don't know how I'm going to get the trailer off right? Because you have to do this thing to get it down and lift it up. So I'm thinking, oh, there's a new trailer place right by my house. Let me call them. And I call them and it turns out they close at six and I'm going to get there at five fifty-four. So I call them and I just, Hey, would you guys mind if I just came right by? So they waited for me. I got there. The guy said, oh, this is not a problem. I'll just put a brand new Jack on it. How much is that? 28 bucks. So, I mean, just all that in the middle of. You know a short period of time just listening to what you said not feeling like doing it but going i'm going to imagine myself getting out of this and oh by the way i want my trailer fixed so the guy fixed my trailer too um, and it didn't cost that much it looks great and it was all done within a matter of like 20 maybe 48 hours it was really it was great so just the practicality of doing exactly what you said on something that maybe doesn't seem very big but it was in a tough spot for me at the moment
0: i love it isn't that good that's, it kind of is like, uh, and, and I forget it all the time, but I, I try practice it, but, uh, there's no, there's no emergencies in the kingdom. Amen. God's not surprised by anything, is he? And so we we get surprised sometimes. And, but, uh, I want to share some things <clears throat> just to, some of the things that you've heard me say over and over and over. Um, because I see all these people ex- outside the church getting ridiculous results and, and, uh. We should be the ones teaching this, in my opinion. And we are here. I'm just saying that most of the teaching I get is... So I'm just going to read some things to you that you've heard me read before. The natural man is trapped by reason. Hey, my jack doesn't work. There's holes in it. Oh, it's going to cost a lot, right? Oh, but let's supplant it with... Let's let's take the Esau, the physical situation, and let's supplant it with Jacob, the spiritual man, the, the smooth man. Let's just see what we want in our imagination and Jacob will supplant the physical. Amen? You guys got it? So, I'm going to read a couple more of that. Uh, let's see. So, this is, from, uh, this is from a Joe Dispenza talk, How to Create Miracles. He says this, We are not teaching people to ask God to answer their prayer. I think that's what most Christians do. Please, God, do this for me. But where's God? He's within. So, if you're going to do any prayer, where does the prayer happen? Within. It's the pictures and the words you tell yourself within, guys. That's how, that's prayer. And so it says, we teach them to get up from prayer as if their prayer has already been answered. And when they're in that mood that their prayer has already been answered, it's as if that's the thing that makes it happen. Huh. I've, re- I've read this before. Have you guys read that before? Believe you have received it and then you will. Isn't that interesting? This is the confidence that we have in Him. We know he hears everything we ask of him. And if we know he hears what we ask of him, we have what we've asked of him. Past tense, we have it. Past and presence, aorist tense in Greek, but it means you have it with continuous results forward. Got it? So we're not going, oh, please God, do this. Prayer is entering into this place like, oh, what would I really want? Oh, I have it. Oh, if I have it, now I'm get joyful. Amen? You guys getting this? So we're not praying towards God to ask our, our prayer, we simply, he goes, I've anointed you. you. You carry the prophet, priestly, king anointing within you, and simply what you see and tell yourself within will come to pass in your life, effortlessly. Isn't that effort, effortlessly? And so he, sa- so he says, he continues, he said, most people are living in the past. Their mind is an archive of past thoughts. Their body contains, archives in, body contains and archives the emotions of past experiences. 95% of every thought we have is from the past. This is, the part, this is the part for us. If we are not waking up with a clear intention, that could be your, this is how my life's gonna be, this is how my day is gonna be, this is how my marriage is gonna be, this is how my health is gonna be. Uh, really, we should say, this is how it is, even though everything around us says it's not. So <clears throat> it says, if you're not waking up with a clear intention, and the elevated emotion is if you already have the desire, if you already have what you desired, you are automatically going to continue to get the same results in life. And guys, this this is what I want you to get. No matter how sincere you pray, no matter how long you tongue, no matter how long you fast, it's within. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. But when you wake up with a clear desire and elevated emotion, you are no longer a victim of the past, but a divine creator of the life you desire. Isn't that great? Like, shouldn't that be coming from ministry versus a neuroscientist? should be coming from both, but... Thus saith the Lord, all that. Please. <laughs> you gotta put that on the end. <laughs> oh, praise God. All right. Um, I used to listen to this growing up a lot. And, uh, I, when I started listening to it again, I'm going, this was such good stuff. Ever, anybody ever listen to Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret in the World on YouTube? Go listen to it. It's just, it's amazing. So, This is, you can go look up Earl Nightingale on YouTube, the strangest secret in the world. And here's the strangest secret in the world. Thoughts become things, is what he says. What is it? And then he says, what is it you want more than anything else? Look at it every day in a relaxed way, seeing yourself as already accomplishing the goal. As you look at it, remind yourself, it is a spiritual law that you must become what you think about. In fact, the minute you identify what you, you want and think about it, it is already yours. That's good stuff. So now I'm going to share a couple other things. And so here's, uh, here's Dr. Greg Braden and I'll share one other thing. I shared Dr. Carolyn Leaf out of her book last where it, she's like, it's my, it, it really is thoughts become things. And that's the observer effect. He goes, where we place our energy, where we place our focus and emotion is a spiritual law that that will happen in your life. As easy as Ryan just going, Hey, I thought about this guy in this vast city of Dallas and two days later, I'm in a meeting with them. I'm telling you guys, you can do it. So just think of somebody or something, and you watch in, in a day, matter of days, you'll probably forget about it and it'll come to pass in your life. Isn't that wild? That's why Karen Leaf says, if you knew how powerful your mind really was, because it's literally the power of God, you would never have a bad thought again. Now, I fail all the time with that, so don't beat yourself up. But it's a great reminder to me to go, if my emotions are bad, if I'm thinking of bad things, if it's anything other than life, it, I should look inward and go, what am I thinking about? And if I'm honest, I'm probably thinking about what I don't want. Is that fair? So, <clears throat> um, that's the most liberating thing to me. And I know some people, don't beat yourself up about it. It should be liberating because to me, like, if I'm knuckleheaded enough to get myself in this mess, the same power that got me into the mess, I, <laughs> I haven't lost that power. The anointing's within me. Now I can just see what I want and it'll happen just as effortlessly as what I didn't want. Amen? So here here I want to share this. One last thing, we'll get into the scriptures that that show all this, I think, beautifully in the Hebrew. So Dr. Greg Braden, this is again, this is just a review for a lot of you guys. This is about the medicineless hospital in Beijing. And he says this. um, And this was the lady where her uh, cancerous tumor just went away right in front of the, you know, they've got the, the ultrasound and they're, you know, they're watching it and they're just going away. And then he, t- he explains to them, he asked them, how did you do it? Like, how do you do it? Like, we should probably learn this, right? If, and so it says, um, they knew that the body, the physical, responds to their beliefs. The field or the spirit rearranges the physical. That's all the scriptures, guys, that we see. They didn't think about whether it was right or wrong, good versus evil, which is a dualistic mindset. <clears throat> the physical simply mirrors what we create with our heart and mind. They didn't visualize the tumor dissolving. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't see her being healed. <clears throat> they weren't fixing the problem. They didn't judge the tumor as right or wrong. It was just a present reality to them. Yeah, there's a tumor, we see it, right? It's just one possibility of many possibilities we're going you know what we're gonna do? Instead of resisting that evil, we're gonna choose a new possibility. This is the language of prayer. The diagnosis is true in that moment. So it, we're not like denying it, meaning like, I deny that, I've, I've seen a lot of people do that: is their, their, their limbs are falling off and go, I don't have this, like, well, you kind of do. Um, you know, I, the truth is, it's coming from within though. So it's not going, I rebuke this and I deny this, that's not gonna change it typically says they're not denying the diagnosis in the moment. They just chose a different outcome to focus on, meaning that I'm not gonna pray to get healed, I'm gonna see and feel as if I already am healed. They're all saying the same thing. So they didn't judge saying this has to go away or rebuke it. What they did is they felt the feeling and the joy in their heart. <clears throat> they, weren't, it, they weren't asking the condition to change. They know and felt as if she was fully healed and fully enabled knowing that the field generated by their heart and mind matter conforms to it and he, he concludes like this they felt the feeling of gratitude or the joy of answered prayer even though it didn't look like it they were feeling the joy of answered prayer when she still had the tumor right they felt the feeling of gratitude that it had already occurred they knew the physical absolutely must conform to the field they were creating with their hearts and minds doesn't that sound like divinity I'll share one more. I, I'm just trying to share some things and then we'll get into the scripture because this stuff just moves me when I read it because I know it's real because it resonates like nobody's business when I read this stuff. And I've shared this in the past, but this is pretty cool. This was, um, if you Google, um, let's see, cheerleader who was a co- quadriplegic after a gymnastics accident. Some of you guys remember this, but what she says in this is so so powerful. So she was, I don't remember what she was doing, but she didn't make it all the way and she... uh um, Mikkel, you would understand this, right? She, I think she was trying to do a back handspring or, a back, or actually a back flip and, or a double back flip or something, didn't make it all the way and like crunched her noggin, right? And so I just remember laying on the floor and not being able to move. Not being able to move anything from my neck down, not her pinky finger, not her big toe, nothing. A teammate's mom who was a nurse ran to Shuler's side. That's her name. Her last name is Shuler. She kept asking me, can you feel this? Can you feel this? Shuler, who is now 22 I was like, no, I can't feel anything. <clears throat> but ask me a math problem because my brain still works fine. At that moment, lying on the gym floor three and a half years ago, Shuler did something remarkable. This is, God, this is so, would that be a bad day if you felt, and we we're quadriplegic, would that be something to feel like a victim about? It'd be a bad day, wouldn't it? It's like worse than the Yankees getting beat. <laughs> She became thankful for what she did have. She started visualizing what it felt like to move, what it felt like to walk, to felt like to flip, to felt like what it what it twist. Quote, in my mind, I knew I could always still feel it. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So she's laying there still as a quadriplegic. She goes, "Stop asking me all these questions that are negative inputs to me. I can still see myself flipping. I can still see myself running, jumping. Uh, then she talks about, so anyway, um, <clears throat> let's see how fast did this happen? So anyway, she's a quadriplegic. She's laying there and I think it was three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. So they bring her to the hospital. It's three weeks and she's te- talking to the, the surgeon and the therapist and they go, what do you want? Remember Genesis 1 I was sharing last week? From the beginning, bara, you could choose. What the sun sees within the temple, the tabernacle, Chooses. What you see within creates is literally bara in the beginning bara what you, the sun had the ability to see within and create and literally bara means you get to choose what your life looks like isn't that awesome yeah. then we can't be a victim ever about anything so so they asked her what do you want quote i want to walk to prom now she's a quadriplegic <laughs> so and they said oh okay well that's nice Prom is in about three weeks. I'd really like to walk to prom, she said. She was like, okay. And she just kept, she keeps testing her muscles because nothing's responding. I'm like, no, but that's what her therapist moves. Wait, uh, oh, I, I must've cut off a page. But anyway, you get the point. So she's laying there and the therapist doesn't believe her. Yeah, nice. Oh, okay. Not doing to, and so, um, <clears throat> so all she started doing is visualizing herself walking to prom says, the first movement happened while Shuler was still in intensive care unit at the hospital. She felt her big toe move on her right foot. I knew that if the furthest thing from my injury moved, then everything else will come back as well. Everything else started to slowly fall into place. The week before Fromm, Shuler took her first steps with a walker. Not long after graduation, she walked across the stage using canes and received her diploma to a standing ovation. That's awesome. Isn't it? That's awesome. Doesn't that sound like the kingdom within? Now, it sounds so simple. Does scripture actually say it? I think it says it everywhere. So you ready to dig into that and then we'll be done? All right. Okay. Can we go to that first slide? Whoever's, uh that Logan running it? All right. Just a little review. So the the verb for imagine in Strong's I was showing you last week. So if we imagine, you guys know what imagination is. Imagination is we're thinking about something. Basically, we're creating images and pictures in our mind, are we not? If we use imagination, like a lot, I remember in grade school and things like that, people like get creative, think, you know, what do you want, and and just think. And so, it's the it's the Strong's thirty-three thirty-five. It's a verb. It's an action thing. It's yatsar to form, fashion, devise in the mind. And it literally says in Strong's divine activity, like a potter. So your imagination is divine, is what Strong's is saying. It's divinity in action. Isn't that interesting? Because I think a lot of us go, it can't be that simple. You mean, not, you mean I just imagine it and it's going to happen? Pfft. Don't we? No, we got to do that. We got to go to Bible school and do all these things and whatever. I don't want you pray, fast, everything. No, <laughs> neither am I. So when we imagine, Strong's itself is, it's a divine activity like a potter shakes the earth. It's like you shape it. You mold it. Now, if you if you got if your life isn't where you really want it, you probably imagine something you didn't want. If we're really honest with ourselves. But if we're a potter, remember like the potter wheel, you're doing it. And, and if it looks terrible, that clay thing, what do you do if you want to change it? Simply crumple it up and redo it. Amen? That's who we are. That's what's so amazing to me. So it's three Hebrew words yad zar resh and so Yad that those last two that upside down y looking thing in the backwards R, is in Strong's. that's the word for trouble and you can read it there it's the adversary narrow place trouble anguish affliction <clears throat> so the yod is the strength of god it's a picture of a hand the hand of god the almighty we, we see all those in scripture so literally the hand of god to do strength to work to do deeds and if we put it together, your imagination is the activity of God to overcome all trouble and affliction. Now, I wanna share something about that word. If we, I, dig, I dug even further, instead of just doing zar, the last two letters is trouble, and just took each individual letter too. I've, I like to do that in the past too. So, yod is the strength or the work of God. So your imagination, let's just start there. Your imagination is the strength of the work of God. It's God in action. Daydreaming is God in action, isn't that wild? Now this this letter Zod, that second one, that upside down Y, Z looking thing. It's pretty interesting when you really dig into it. So it says, it's a fish hook. It pulls you towards something. It's inescapable. I'm just reading Hebrew. It's inescapable. It's your desire. It's a harvest to hunt down. And the last letter is your head. So what you imagine pulls yourself to it. It pulls yourself to your desire. It hooks you like a fish hook, and harvests and hunts down what's in your mind. Is that wild? That's pretty wild to me. It gives a whole different definition of David's. Surely your goodness and mercy will hunt me down like a hostile follow all the days of my life. What a pathetic translation. It'll follow me all the days of my life. Doesn't that sound like something you learn in lameness versus god's goodness his grace is so responsive to me that it hunts me down his overflowing abundance his overflowing blessing his everything he has in life will hunt me down literally it says like a hunter hunts its prey doesn't that give you a different idea than it follows me (laughs) it does to me anyway i'm like follow sounds wimpy Hunts me down like a prey, like your goodness is gonna hunt me down like pray, praise God. Now God's pretty bad, man. He's, he's good, isn't he? That's just me. It's just like, I don't like wimpwood Christianity. Sorry, it's like, what's our point, right? If we're gonna get around, yes, thus saith the Lord. And this wimpy little, no, did Jesus, he, I don't see him that way. Maybe you see him that way. I just don't see him that way. I see him as this king, this prophet, this priest, this amazing thing. And so anyway, your imagination, oh, your imagination, Go back to that one, one, one quick thing, Logan, sorry. The, this previous slide. Your imagination is the activity of God to overcome all trouble and affliction. That's how I translated it last week, because it is that. But Hebrew is rich. You can take the individual letters, you can take the words. So your imagination is just like potter fastening clay, the earth, all the, everything you're gonna experience out here. Your imagination literally is the divine activity and God's doing the work himself, harvesting, hunting down, it's inescapable what you think about. It's inescapable you'll, you'll receive whatever's in your mind. If we take just Zod. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome to me. So then you read, when you read something like um, uh, Earl Nightingale, where he says, remind yourself, it is a spiritual law. It's inescapable, It's what it says. It is a spiritual law. You will become what you think about. That's, that's bore out in the Hebrew letters, guys. It's inescapable. You'll be hooked and attached and pulled toward the work of your mind. Woo! Therefore, let's do some good thinking. Amen? Is that true? All right, now let's go to the last slide here because this is kind of cool. So I want to show you something. Um, the kingdom of God is where? Within, Right? So here's Matthew. You've all heard, you're you're familiar with these verses where he says, again, the kingdom of heaven. Where's heaven? It's not out there somewhere. Where's heaven? It's inside. It's the spiritual part of you. Where heaven and earth meets man is the temple. And guess what? Ye are the temple. You're the tabernacle made with, God dwells within you. (laughs) That's such a crazy thought, even when I'm saying it. I'm one with God. Doesn't it say that over and over and over? You say it though in church, and people are like, that's blasphemy to make yourself equal with God. Well, it wasn't to Jesus. So, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. Now, the earth, the earth is what? It's us, it's the physical part of us, We're, right? So it says, the kingdom of God is like treasure hid in us, is really if you start understanding which man hath found, he hideth. I mean, you can't take it out of there. It's in there. He hideth, and for joy, therefore goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. So he says like that. It's not, a lot of people like like, did you sell everything you had to buy? It? It's an impossibility. It's like it. He's trying to show you something was like it. So what, here's what he's saying. The kingdom of heaven, when you get it, it's like the best, most wealthy, uh, greatest gift you could ever find. It's that valuable. That's what he's trying to say. And then in verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. So he's trying to go, hey, consider, see, consider yourself as this merchant where you're selling goodly things and pearls and jewelry and gold and all this, seeking goodly pearls. Who, when he found one pearl of great price, now where's, where does a pearl happen? Between, uh, Between the shells, it's within. The treasure's within you, amen? Between the two cherubim. You guys get it? The two halves of the clamshell. That's where the pearl is. You can't see it, but it's really valuable in there. The kingdom of God does not come by observation. You can't see it, it's within. But once you get it, it's the most valuable thing you could ever get, amen? That's what he's trying to tell you. It's like that. Like if you were a merchant and you were, um, like what's a big jeweler around here? K jewelry? jeweler? Um, let's say you're you're the owner of all the K jewelers. She's going, "If if you were the owner of K jewelers and you got all these jewelry out in the display case, he goes, but I've got something within that's worth more than all of this. Even if I sold all of this, I still have something that's more valuable that I can access at any time. That's the kingdom of God. Does that help you visualize it? That's what he's trying to say here. So, when he found that one pearl of great price, nothing else compared. He sold everything at and bought that pearl. I mean, it's like that. Doesn't mean you have to go do that, it's like that. Cause I see all this, in fact, I was in that, I told you, I was in that meeting. They were called like kingdom investors or something like that. And so I'm watching all these old religious guys sitting around. And one guy's like, have you sold everything? I'm like, you guys didn't come here on a donkey. You didn't sell everything. And I'm sitting there going, how, what hypocrisy? Like these guys are like, you got to sell everything. Like, no, no, you don't. No, you're missing the whole point. I said, can I, if you're going to sell everything, just sell it to me at a good price. I, I don't have any problem handling it. So isn't that goofy? How, I'm like, can you not see the hypocrisy there? These guys are like, oh, anyway, it's just bizarre to me. He, it says it's like that. It's not that. It, once, once you get it, guys, you can have all of that stuff Give it all away, and it's all still there. That's what he's trying to say. It's the, the the greatest value you could ever find is realizing you can create it and receive it at any time from within. You guys got it? Okay. So if you sit, if we go store up treasure, um, it's a verb in Strong's called atzar. So remember yatzar was yad zadresh, right? So tre to store up treasure. It would be like this: is um. Well, let's just, to give you a good visual, let's say you're at K Jewelers and they got all their diamonds and everything else. To store up means literally I can just take all of those and just keep storing them as much as I want. Just, it's a verb. It's like, I'm just storing up my treasure, okay? How do you do it? In Hebrew, so asar, we know those last two letters, zad, or trouble, adversary, a tight spot. Man, if you're in a tight spot in any area of your life, <clears throat> atzar if you had if you had it 's the first word or the first letter of Hebrew it means the strength over any trouble any challenge is to just store up for yourself it 's a verb it 's an action just' know, I have that I have that I have that I have that the strength over all trouble is atzar is not that interesting and so or at, or that aleph means the very first letter is to be strong as an ox or the strength so now let's just do each letter individually. You are as strong as an ox to it, the strength of an ox is this: is you will be hooked to, inescapable, and pulled towards anything you do with your mind. Pretty wild, isn't it? So that's to lay up, to store up for yourself treasure. And then treasure, literally is the noun. And they just add one word. They add one letter, a vav, a nail. And so it's otsar, or otsa. So treasury, storehouse. So the kingdom of heaven is like under treasure. So we've all heard that that talk before in scripture. Haven't we treasure, storehouse, um, uh, sup- your supply? Literally, I'm just taking it right out of Strong's. So treasury, storehouse, supply. <clears throat> now, they just added one letter in there, is vav, from the Aleph Zad Resh. You guys see that? They just put that little... Nail with a dot on it. Okay? And then it's now Otsar. So literally, it's pretty cool. So Vav just means you're nailed to or attached to something. So the, the noun of that is you're nailed or attached to the strong Vinok's ability to be pulled to is inescapable, is the desire of my mind. Is that wild? That's pretty wild to me. So, it says, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, as we look at it, it's Basilius basilios of, then it uses this this word, oranus, or the heavenlies. So the kingdom, if we really look at it, most people think the kingdom's out here. He says, relax, little kids. I've given you the kingdom of heaven, right? I've given it to you. It's the Father's great pleasure to give you the kingdom of heaven. And if we just look, the kingdom is the royal rule and reign, Right? Didn't he say once you realize the anointing's in you, you're going to be a prophet, priest, and a king? You have within you the royal rule and reign. Isn't that interesting. And that once you get that, that's that treasure you can store up for yourself. It literally is the royal rule and reign of the kingdom is the treasury within. And once you get it, the real treasure's in here. The pearl of great price. It is the supply, the unlimited ability, the strength of an ox to harvest, be pulled to, inescapable truth that you will receive what you imagine the desires of your mind, and overcome any trouble, anguish, or tight spot. Pretty good, isn't it? It makes me happy. (laughs) So you can get to your feet. It's a little review, but I want you to get this because I think we make it so much harder, don't we? because Here's what it says, guys. It literally is. I've given you everything that pertains to Life and godliness. Ephesians 1, he tells us, he said, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, which isn't out here somewhere, it's within. It's the pearl of great price. It's the kingdom within. And I think we make it hard. We think we have to build up faith. We have to pray. We have to seek God. All these different things where we get, I think for most people, we get into this laborious, I got to go do. But it's as simple as this. I've given you the royal reign and it's within when you pray I believe you have received it here's joe Dispenza. we're not praying for god to make it happen or to pray to have it happen in our life we get up from prayer with the joy of knowing we've already received what we desired even though we can't see it and we just stay there amen and if you know i think this will help you if you know that if I imagine instead of just thinking, oh, that's just my imagination, and go, that's divinity. That's this. I am. A, when I imagine, it's as strong as an ox to bring me to what I'm doing in my mind. That's the kingdom within. It's that simple, guys. Amen. So this lady, quadriplegic, Chris talking about, ah, oh, bummer. So that's the. That's a, that's what we see with these eyes, right? Oh crap. Right? Have you ever had that experience? Now, in the past, I've lost a lot of things because I just let, oh, I just, like that happened. I can't really change that. But now I realize we can because he restores all things. Amen? So I go, hey, anything I lost, I just start to imagine I have it back with a zero attached. Amen? Whatever. It's really, it's the strength of an ox to bring you to whatever you put within your imagination. It is literally God doing the work and you just resting. So you picture what you desire. This lady, quadriplegic. Stop asking me if my body works. I understand it doesn't right now, right? But I can still picture what I want. I still see myself jumping. And then what happens? It's God doing the work. It's bringing to, it's a spiritual law that whatever we imagine will start to show up in our life. Might be a little bit in the beginning. First the blade, then the ear, the full corn. But I promise you it's an inescapable law is what it says in Hebrew, that it will come into your life. Amen? Does that help? Isn't that easy? Uh, Father, we just love you. We praise you. Just thank you for these beautiful truths. They're hidden in your book. It's so awesome to me. (laughs) It's so awesome, and it's so much better than what we've been taught. You've withhold no good thing from us. You've blessed us with everything. Every promise is yes and amen. We simply just operate in the kingdom, and you've given everyone that's that ability. In Jesus' magnificent name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you on the trail. Yankees still winning?